This is a brand new series here at Made for Living Well, and it's called the Ennea Health Series. And today we're talking all about Enneagram Type 1 and what that means for your health. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. And while I am no Enneagram expert, I have spent so much time researching and trying to understand each Enneagram type to combine that with what I know about health. Because here's the deal. We have made health so complicated, so far reaching that no wonder so many people are having a hard time achieving it. Really, at the end of the day, what I believe is health is inside of you. What you need more than another diet or another program promising you these great results is to just take the action that your body needs to live out of health. Now, of course, taking action is a hard step, right? Because a lot of the times we know the right things to do. The question is, how do you do what you know you should? Well, that's where the Enneagram comes in. And I know there's a wide range of people who either love the Enneagram or are super skeptical of it. No matter where you fall on that spectrum, I think this podcast series can really help to understand you in a unique way based on your Enneagram type and how you can use your motivations, your fear, your core drivers to really live out of health, to make it who you are, not just more things you have to do. And in the process of that, you support the whole of who you are. So that's the point of this Enneagram Health series is to help you understand based on your Enneagram number, what are some practical applications that are going to make health something you can actually achieve, something you can do. What does that look like for you based on how you work? Now, of course, to get started, you have to know your Enneagram type. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to head on over to the Enneagram Institute and take the free Enneagram test to understand what type you are. It's similar to most personality types, like the Myers-Briggs, where it spits out this specific type There's nine different types, and it's really just based on a personality. Now, what I like about the Enneagram more than, say, other personality types is it really gets into your core motivators and core fears. And I think it's understanding that knowledge and understanding how we developed these characteristics that show us how we can use them to better our life. Plus, the goal of the Enneagram is not to stay so stuck inside your number that you don't grow and get better. The goal is to get so healthy that maybe you have a hard time distinguishing what type am I because you've moved beyond it into this healthier space where you are encompassing what really lights you on fire and you're truly living out of that. So today we're going to talk about Enneagram type ones. And we're going to dive in deep. And then in the following podcast, I have a special interview with a friend or colleague who is that specific Enneagram type. And I'm just going to run some ideas by them and and ask them questions on what does it take or what does it look like to live healthy as your specific Enneagram type. Now, along with it, I've made this very detailed guide that's going to walk you through multiple pages of information that could be really beneficial in helping you unlock your superpowers within your Enneagram and really 
get healthy using the tools and frameworks that I give you inside of that specific guide for your type. So if you want the guide or all the guides so you can understand your spouse, your coworkers, your friends and family more, head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash Enneagram. You can find all the types there plus all the guides that you need inside. Again, that's thelivingwell.com backslash Enneagram. Now there is a common thread that runs throughout this entire series. And that's our drive for needing some kind of plan, a structure to life. Now, every Enneagram is going to take that in a little bit of a different way. But one of the reasons I'm so passionate about understanding that structure and that plan is because it creates a sense of safety, but it also creates a sense of motivation that can drive us into taking action. Now, if you don't know, which I hope you know, I am the creator of a planner called the Nourish Planner, that actually helps you to implement this plan on a daily basis. Yes, it's a daily planner that emphasizes wellness practices as well as just daily life productivity. You can find all the details inside the Nourish Planner at thelivingwell.com. Now, again, every Enneagram is going to use that a little bit differently, but inside the guide, I show you how you can take a planner like the Nourish Planner and start to set a rhythm to your life that really fosters health within you and helps you to achieve goals that maybe otherwise were just things you you talked about, wished for, but really never got any leverage in, in gaining those things. So again, you're going to want the planner. Head on over to thelivingwell.com to get your own Nourish Planner and give one to a friend. And one last thing that I wanna mention is Inside this series, I decided to do something very different with the sponsor. Instead of having a traditional sponsor, I wanted to do something that would sponsor a nonprofit, something that would make a difference in the world. And that's why inside this series, we're going to be talking about not who's sponsoring this show, but I want to sponsor another nonprofit. And that nonprofit that I want to talk about inside this series is Compassion. Now, if you've never heard of Compassion International, you definitely should check them out. I've made a specific link just for the show at thelivingwell.com backslash compassion. My husband and family and I have been long compassion supporters where we have been able to support a child to get food and schooling so that they can stay nourished and really grow into the individuals that they were designed. It has been such a fun process to involve our kids with. We get to write him letters. He writes us letters. um, And we've really watched him grow over the four years that we've been sponsoring him. It's been so much fun. And it's just a great way to, to give back to the world. And I think in the process of helping other people grow into who they were created to be, it also helps you in some little ways to see the world in a bigger picture. So I wanted to take time out of this series to flip the narrative and to say, like, I want to help sponsor more kids around the world to get the schooling and the nourishment that their bodies need to grow into strong, healthy, compatible human beings. And I wanted to give you that opportunity by bringing to light Compassion, which is an amazing nonprofit. They are in no way paying me to do this. I thought it would be cool to see how many kids that we could sponsor throughout this series. So again, head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash compassion. You can either sign up to support a child monthly, or you can just give one-time gifts to different children all over the world. Again, it's a great opportunity to give back, and that's exactly what motivates me here at The Living Well. Check that out. And then let's get into today's podcast all about Enneagram type one. Don't forget to download the guide over at thelivingwell.com for this specific podcast. So to start today, we're talking about Enneagram 
type one. Enneagram type ones are often known as the perfectionist, the crusader. And the word that I really like and really resonates with me is the reformer. I mean, no type one wants to be called the perfectionist. It's kind of harsh. And ones tend to be overcritical of their self anyways. Yes, perfectionist is uh, a a characteristic often of ones, um, but being sensitive to others' criticism, ones, I think, are really going to relate to the idea of the reformer. Now, this is a really powerful word when it comes to the health, because as you can see, if you can use the whole being of what a type one is, is to take something that they see as not good and make it better, become the reformer or the crusader, I think it's really empowering for you to say like, okay, like I can even just look at myself. Like, yes, you might see things in the world that need change, but just look at yourself and understand, okay, what is it that I want different or how do I want to feel? And then create the reform necessary to get there. Now, of course, this has to be done in health because we're going to talk about some of the weaknesses or the unhealthy characteristics of a one and why that could be just as detrimental. But Again, the Enneagram one is the reformer, and I really resonate with that. So I'm just going to go on a little rant here for a second. When I started doing this research, I had no idea that I was a one. So I I think my wing is a one. So I, I resonate with the Enneagram type two, the helper, but I always thought that I was with my wing, it was a three, the achiever. But that's not the case. So the more I did the research, the more I'm like definitely a wing Enneagram one, a total reformer, want to help people fix people, maybe to a fault sometimes, right? Um, So I really dug into this and it resonated with me so much. So I'd like to believe that I'm just like this 50-50 split of Enneagram type two and Enneagram type one. But the Enneagram one are technically the head type. So what we mean by the head type, there's three different Enneagram numbers that are in this type. The head type are more of the rationalist and they proceed on logic and objective truth. Like they like the hard facts, the black and white, and they struggle a little bit more with the gray area. But on the other hand, ones are very conscious and ethical. In fact, ones would be considered the most conscientious of all of the types. They're often teachers or crusaders, advocates for change, and striving to improve things, but doing it without making a mistake. (laughs) The most common strengths of the one are that they're well-organized, they're orderly, they're activists with people of strong instinct and passion. However, in unhealth, we can see that ones struggle with many things, including this perfectionist viewpoint. And they're often the most hard on themselves. Like ones kind of get a bad rap that they're hard on everyone and they're hard to get along with. But the truth of the matter is, is that I believe that ones just want to fix the world. They're problem solvers. And on top of that, they're very action oriented. Like ones are in the action group with threes and eights. Like they like to be active physically, but they also take strong action. So they're not just bringing up the problems, but they're acting on them. And yes, sometimes that can come out in very critical ways. But I will assure you that most ones are much harder on themselves than they are anyone else. And so they have a very strong inner critic, which we're going to talk a lot about when it comes to health. 
So some of the weaknesses that we see are, again, critical and perfectionistic, very self-critical. They struggle with problems with resentment and impatience. They'd like to justify their actions. They struggle with repression and resistance. And this one's big, and I'm going to bring this up multiple times. They're very self-aware but they don't take action on their self-awareness. They suppress their feelings. So like in the case of exercise even, we see a lot of ones who have this no pain, no gain mentality. Like their body is giving them clues and they just suppress it. Like, hey, I can push through. Because another strength of ones is that they are tough people. They're tough, they're tough-minded, and they can push through a lot if they think it's going to make something or themselves better. So you can see like back and forth, like there's a strong weaknesses that can be really detrimental. But on the other scope, these people can be like in health, serious force to be reckoned with. Like these are our world changers, right? So at full health, when we see a one at full health, they're very wise. They're discerning, meaning that they are self-aware, but they're also listening to the self-awareness cues of their body. They're realistic. So getting away from the maybe perfectionist mindset and stating such lofty goals that are unachievable, like, and health, I feel like ones have come to the sense of balance with that and created a realistic mindset with that. And they're very noble people. You could say that ones are often on a mission and they're people of practical action and they wish to be useful in the best sense of the word. Now, you know, I'm kind of just giving the basic characteristics of the type one and you're wondering, how does this relate to health? Trust me, this information is going to be pertinent in the health recommendations that I'm going to give you based on this type. So just bear with me. So again, like I said, they're often on a mission. They're, They're people of practical action. The problems with ones is while their strength is self-discipline, it often leads to this perfectionate need, this all or nothing mindset. So when it relates to a diet, ones are often the people that we hear, well, I had a piece of chocolate, so it's over. So I might as well just binge, right? Like they're very black and white and not this great area. They don't have a lot of grace or diet grace for themselves. And so that's one problem. Another one is they want to define the path to success And they wait for the destination. They wait for the arrival of that to be healthy. Some would say that the ones are are, are more serious. But I think that ones are more serious in unhealth. Because if a a one is truly healthy in a place of of health, they're going to go more towards or lean more towards a seven, which is spontaneous and joyful. So we really want to move ourselves there into the spontaneity and joyfulness, but we have to deal with some of these things, like the fixed mindset or the fix-it mindset. Like ones are very apt to see a problem, to recognize it, and then automatically want to react in the fix-it mindset. But as we talked about in previous podcasts, this fix-it mindset is so damaging. And now that I know I'm a one, I can see why this is such a passion of mine, because this changed the game for me. When we're constantly coming to ourselves with this fix-it mindset, we're constantly looking for perfection and for an end goal, the end-all, be-all. But when we come with a fill-it mindset, we can recognize that in true health, we are enough just the way we are. And instead of constantly trying to fix ourselves to reach some end goal, like that's going to get us the desire and the satisfaction that we're looking for, which is often what ones are looking for. It brings us to this place of we are enough and I can just choose to fill myself, to respect and love myself regardless of whatever standard that I think I need to reach. Like I've thrown the bar out the window and now I'm just free to be me. 
Of course, that takes work because in in the best sense of a one, they they're never enough, right? They have this strong inner critic that's always there, constantly reminding them that they can't do something or that they screwed something up or they're not capable or they didn't work hard enough. And this inner critic is so strong that it overrides every self-awareness cue that's happening inside the body. And so part of this process of getting healthy is we have to learn to recognize the inner critic as false. That's not a true or healthy sense. Yes, there's a difference between your conscience and your self-critic or your inner critic. um, And we have to start to distinguish the difference. But to go back to this fix-it mindset, like as long as we're there, like this orientation makes it difficult for us to trust our awareness. And I think that's what's really harmful about the fix-it mindset is that we struggle then to be aware because the awareness is, is saying that, This is what my body really needs, but the fix-it mindset is looking at the textbook approach to whatever the problem is, even though that might be the complete opposite of what the fill-it mindset is saying. So to give you an example of this, not type ones are a huge supporter of the diet industry, whether they want to or not, right? So one might look at themselves and say, I have a lot of weight to lose. They go to the textbook and they see, oh, the keto diet is really successful. There's a lot of scientific research to back it up. So they hop on the wagon of the ketogenic diet. They remove all carbohydrates from their diet and they will do this diligently because they're self-disciplined and their their logical minds far exceed their, their drive for pleasure. Sometimes ones even struggle, like this is a side note, they struggle to accept pleasure as good. Maybe we need to reiterate that point because it definitely wasn't in my notes, but ones definitely struggle to understand that pleasure is good. We see this in sexual health and and food and exercise and relational health. Like ones are working hard to reform and achieve this perfectionist state and, and they miss the fact that there has to be pleasure along the way. So if we go back to this ketogenic idea, right? So they go on this ketogenic diet, they give up their carbohydrates, um, and they maybe start losing weight, but at the same time, their body is just losing energy. It's crying out for, for a new lifestyle. Like their brain, they have brain fog, or they're just not feeling as good. But they're going to stick with the diet over listen to the body because they believe in the diet more than they believe in their body or I should say trust their body. And like I said, this whole orientation makes it difficult for them to trust their awareness. So you can kind of see the spoiler alert in this is that the biggest thing or the biggest topic of health that I could express to a type one would be to become self-aware. And not just be self-aware because type ones are very aware. They can just push through the pain, but become aware and act and trust in that awareness. That is huge. And if not the biggest point that I can express to ones. But if we don't do this, then ones will often look at the inner critic, which has most likely been birthed from childhood for direction. And this inner critic is so lethal. So this inner critic, right? Like if they're not believing their body, then they're believing this inner critic, this voice in their head that's been birthed since they were a child and it's been developed over the years. This is why inner healing is so important, especially for type ones, but a lot of other types we're gonna get into. But the deep work is so important because ones listen to their inner critic 
more than about any other awareness cue that they have. And it's lethal and it's damaging and it's a false sense of who you really are. So every time you hear that inner critic voice in your head, it's a lie. It's not your true self. And we have to start to learn to suppress, I don't want to say suppress, throw out the inner critic and replace it with something else, which maybe is an impossible feat for ones. So maybe instead of throwing it out, we need to learn to deal with it. We need to learn to overpower it and to control the inner critic so it doesn't control us. Because for most ones, that's what it's doing. Really what we see once is they cause themselves a lot of added and unnecessary stress. And we know what stress does in our body, right? It changes our hormonal flow. It changes our brain chemistry. It changes our gut health. It can make us unhealthy and sick, even though you might feel like you're doing everything right. And, and this is what we see with ones. They feel like they are doing everything right. They are textbook, black and white, and yet they are still unhealthy. And they question why. And if we go back to ones, often it's just the unnecessary stress that they cause themselves through this inner critic, through this need to be perfect, through this drive and desire to push through and not trust our body. So we have to learn to develop and create this flexibility through our awareness instead of just suppressing it. And I think if we do this, this is what's going to drive you to do what is right. Like if we, instead of looking because because ones are very driven by what is right, Instead of looking as that diet as right or that exercise program as right, and when I be my right is the answer, I think we need to start looking at self-awareness. We need to change our view of what is right because we're still and always will be driven ones. I'm saying that as myself too. Ones will still and always be driven by desire to be right in some area, to reform. So we can't take that away. We can't change that. So we have to learn how do we deal with that and use it for good. Channel all that you are in the right direction. That's all this is. It's small pivots. So I want you to start thinking, instead of whatever you're doing to fix the problem, can we just make a small pivot and recognize how can we use what we already know about our body or what our body's telling us, what our emotions are feeling? to then create that desire. Look at that as right instead of the certain plan that you've researched on the internet. Because if we're so focused on what is right in and outside of our body or outside of our true self, what happens ultimately then is that we just continue to suppress our real self that tries to emerge. We stuff it down and this leads to so many body aches and pains. So that's why we can see that um, someone consider ones to have more of this Jekyll and Hyde type of eating where they eat good all day long and then they get stressed or overwhelmed or they all or none mentality gets thrown out the window and they just binge at night. So we have to start dealing with our feelings instead of just stuffing them, especially our unhealthy ones. And we also need, ones need, to offer themselves grace. And ones are notorious for hating their body more than it any other type on the Enneagram, which is mind-boggling to me, but they're definitely the ones who hate imperfections more than any other type, and they're most likely to monitor their weight and drive into frequent attempts to improve their weight. That's why I said they're great for the diet industry. So let's just review the strengths and weaknesses of the one, and then let's give some points to how can we better direct this passion to reform in the right direction to to help your body, to help your health. So some common strengths for the one, again, is they're rational, health-minded shoppers on a budget. This is huge. Like 
ones. They know how to make a meal plan. They know how to shop for that meal plan and they know how to do it on a budget. Like if you're looking for health food on a budget, talk to a one because they've done the research. They are really great at setting dinner rituals and keeping them. You'll see ones are very routine and where they like to eat and how they like to eat and even what time they eat. They're very routine oriented. They're very disciplined, which this is going to come in so handy um, because if we can channel that in the right direction, then ones are really unstoppable. They're action takers. Again, they don't just talk about it, but they take the action on it. Ones also like to become better and they're motivated by this. So again, using that drive, we just have to end the perfectionist endpoint of that, but using that desire to just become better, to become more whole and to grow in that, that is going to be so beneficial for you. They like to follow rules. Like I said, they're great at making meal plans and prepping food. They're successful at sticking with their goals. They love to be on the move and do things. They're tough-minded and they're great at managing time. I mean, once you have a lot going for you. On the other hand, these are some things that we need to be aware of with ones. They tend to emotionally eat. They like to suppress their true feelings. And whenever we suppress our true self, we stuff it and we'll often stuff it with ones. It's why ones um, addictions are often classified as drugs like alcohol or other drugs to stuff their feelings. But we also see that ones addictions may be like using excessive diet pills or vitamins or cleansing techniques, even undereat in some cases or overeat to suppress what they're really feeling or to try and create this drive for self-control. They also struggle with the all or none mindset. So it's something we're going to have to work on. They push to exhaustion, the no pain, no gain mindset. Definitely something that you need to be aware of. They like to impose self-punishment if things don't go well. They often beat themselves up like if a workout didn't feel good or didn't go as planned or they self-sabotaged their eating plan or they lost control of their eating. So that leads to often self-punishing behaviors. They tend to be more obsessive compulsive type perfectionist or setting the bar pretty high, too high that they become discouraged. They are huge at negative self-talk through that inner critic, and they also get bored very easily. So taking all this information, what do we do with it? Well, we know that ones are disciplined. They like to take action. They like to become better. We just need the right mindset and lifestyle characteristics to help them feel free and to live in this present moment. Because I really feel like for ones, one thing that that just flourishes the weaknesses that we really want to remove is this futuristic thinking. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's great to have visions of ourselves and, and what that healthy person is. But I also think for one specifically, this can be a really harmful thing, is that we create this big vision of where we want to be in health or whatever that is, which is great, but we can idolize that. And that can become our inner critic's greatest form of abuse for us is to remind us that we are not there and that we're messing up way too many things to get there. So I think what we need to do as ones or what ones need to do is move from this futuristic thinking back into the present moment and recognize what is it that you bring to the table right now. Like you have so much going on and to use those skills to teach and encourage other people and really to come in and find that desire to grow and be healthy through the awareness of trusting your body. So I just listed out some strengths um, or some ideas on how to be healthy for a one. Like I said, I'm gonna link all these up in the show notes 
And I'm just going to list these out. And then this is what I really want to talk to our guests on today's show about some of these things and these characteristics and traits and how they use specific action to keep their body and, and their personality in line for true health. So how do we be healthy as a one? Well, if we look just specifically at diet and exercise, there's some things that we know that ones are really great at, and I don't think that you should diminish. One is just the idea of making a meal plan. I think it's important for ones because they are so planner focused and organized that ones really do work well with a meal plan, having an idea. It gives them a sense of control, but we have to give ourselves grace to recognize that even if this isn't completed, like even if I don't follow this to a T, the meal plan was still there and it was still helpful. So I want you to think about all of these things that we can do in grace, that these are great things that help fill us and what we're really good at and kind of ease our mind but not so much so that we look for in the perfectionistic all or none way. These are all like taking away the black and white. Here's more gray areas. I think you should be setting a meal plan, something that's realistic and practical for you. I definitely think it's going to be more harmful to follow one on the internet as opposed to just creating your own. Maybe use one on the internet for templates, but do what you already know how to do because there's a confidence level there rather than a new bar that you have to set. Meal prep is something great for you. Instead of prepping full meals, which is timely, and I know because you're such hard workers, you will do it till completion, even if it exhausts you. I want you to maybe try the batch cooking method. Prepping just a grain, a sauce, a protein, and a salad, and nothing more. Like just the basic ingredients that you can mix and match together for your meal plan, not full meals. Again, offer grace. I keep bringing that up because I think you need to just write that down. Grace upon grace upon grace. That is what ones need to give themselves. When it comes to working out, you got to mix up your workout. Ones often get bored with the same rigid, structured, intense workout. Remember, ones often have the no pain, no gain. And so in this mindset, what they'll either do is they'll fret about that so much that they won't work out or it'll scare them away, or they just won't work out at all because they feel like, well, if I if I don't want to work out to the point of exhaustion, there's no point in working out, right? The all or none mindset. So I want you to try and mix up your workout. Maybe try teaching it or working out with someone else that you can be an encourager. Ones are technically great teachers. Also, yoga is a great exercise for ones because it slows them down enough to actually have to listen to their body, to like force you to listen. Which brings me to the lifestyle aspects, which is basically all of these things that force you to listen to your body, to become more aware of who you are. We have to listen to our bodies as ones and then act on it. So how can ones learn to listen to their body? I think that ones need to have daily solitude in their life, which is so hard for ones because we feel like we're needed and there's things that we should be doing. (laughs) But ones, this is so important not just for our our physical health, but our emotional health, because ones are so great at stuffing their emotions until they explode. They can't hold them in anymore, which is never pretty. But ones need a space to feel their emotions, to recognize them, and even more to recognize, you know, like take care of their soul care. Like that's so important. So solitude is going to be huge. Even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes a day, maybe it's pulling over um, at a local park on your way home from work and just sitting, just being for 10 minutes, no phone, no radio, no podcast, no distractions, just you 
quiet, and maybe a journal because I think journaling is also a huge thing for type ones because what type ones do is that um, they're often called insensitive or not feelers, but ones feel a lot, like more than a lot of other types. And so it's important to note that while you might not express your feelings often or well, you do have them and you have intense feelings and you have to let them out. And so one great way to do that is journaling. So frame your emotion on pages, whether you do this in the moments of solitude or you do it at the beginning or the end of the day, maybe both. I know for me, journaling has been a huge blessing in my healing journey, something that I do daily because it's so good for me. And with that, adding gratitude. Again, perfectionist mindset often leaves out gratitude. Like perfectionistic and gratitude often don't go hand in hand. They're kind of like the opposite, that we have to be grateful for where we are, for who we are as people, and to count our blessings. So I think gratitude can be so healthy for ones. Other things are learning to relax. I mean, ones are go-getters. They're on the move all the time. And so finding space to relax, to revamp, to regroup, that's going to be really important. Along with that is scheduling fun into your day. So in health, remember, ones often go towards a seven, which is more spontaneous and joyful. And the best way for ones to experience that true health is through fun, spontaneity, and just scheduling fun into their day. Ones are amazing people to be around. I mean, I feel like bad for saying that. Um, That's probably my inner self-critic, right? Telling you, I shouldn't be telling you that because I'm a one and that would be prideful. But ones in health are really awesome people to be around. Super fun, super spontaneous, just great people. But ones will work themselves to death if they don't make a plan for how they can have fun. So ones, you've got to schedule fun and adventure into your day. Get outside, connect with nature. Ones love the outdoors. So go on walks, go on hikes, sit outside and read your book, do your solitude outside, connect with nature. And another thing that ones are really great at is developing lifestyle routines. Ones are self-discipline, which means that you thrive on routine. So trying to schedule these morning routines, evening routines, again, and grace, not that it has to be done perfectly, but so you know in your mind going into it, you have a plan and that plan is showing that you're being proactive, that you're creating the change and that drives you forward. So creating some healthy routines. Again, over in the show notes, I'll share some healthy routines or ways to do that over there and grace. And all in all, here's the deal. Ones have to learn to be less rigid, to let go of the black and white, to be more flexible and to trust the process. Really, in order to be flexible, you have to have some level of trust. You also have to learn to offer more grace to yourself. I am constantly learning this. Grace upon grace upon grace. Because one's biggest weakness is believing that they are not enough. That somehow they have to work to become enough for other people. And it it is so untrue. We are enough just the way that we are. We were created good and we have to accept that day after day after day. That's a choice. And in that, if we offer ourselves grace, if we trust it, use our awareness. Ones are highly aware people. They just suppress that awareness. So now we have to learn to be aware of our feelings, of our emotions. We have to learn to be aware about how our body's feeling and trust that. Trust that more than any other thing that you've researched on the internet. And ultimately, go for wholeness. Go after the fill it mindset rather than the fix it. Let 
go of the fix-it mindset. You do not need to be fixed. You just need to be filled. And that feeling can come in having fun, scheduling date nights. It can come from solitude and relaxing. It can come from even meal prepping or doing chores that you like, like gardening. Active chores are very filling for one. So there's lots of ways to do that. But stop looking at your body as a need to be fixed. You are enough just the way you are. The black and white mindset is just so hurtful. So make sure you offer yourself grace. Wake up to the fact that you, the real you, not the inner critic you that's creating a false mask of who you are. The real you has so much to offer. Once they're the movers and shakers of the world, right? You have so much that you can offer and the world needs your true self. Don't be fearful to unmask that. Don't worry that you're gonna mess it up or make mistakes We all do, but you will get back up and you will live in health. Remember ones, go for wholeness. Offer grace and use the skill of self-discipline to drive you forward in health. Okay, that's it for Enneagram One. I know it's a lot to digest, to break down, but I hope that you found it beneficial as you uncover how do I really live healthy and create nourishing rhythms as a type one. I'm amazed by you. Keep it up. You are enough. And remember, your criticism does not have a place here. So don't forget to head to thelivingwell.com backslash Enneagram to get your free guide. Trust me, you're going to want to get a hold of this because it walks you through so many great activities and exercises to really create health inside of you. Also, don't forget to check out all the other Enneagrams just because it might not be your type doesn't mean it's not good to learn about other people. In fact, something that was really healing for my husband and I was to learn about each other's types, to know their motivations and desires and fears, to really um, be able to encourage each other instead of just rip each other apart or just to assume that everyone works the same way that we do. It's good to understand that we all work a little bit different, and yet each one of us is needed. So again, make sure you check out all the other podcasts inside this series There's nine podcasts for nine types, plus the interview with a specific Enneagram for each type as I unlock what is practical health-wise for each Enneagram type. So stay tuned to the next podcast as I interview a special friend on Enneagram type one. Now, as always, if you love this podcast, you love the Enneagram, make sure you share this with your friends and family. It means the world to me and is honestly the best way to grow the podcast and to help other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about it, find it, and join us along on this community of like-minded people who really just want to live in health, not live for health, but live with it. So make sure you take a screenshot of this episode, email it out to your friends, post it on social media. It means so much to me. And of course, if you love it, make sure you leave a rating and review at thelivingwell.com backslash review. Okay, that's it for today. Come back in the next podcast as I interview a friend all about what it means to live healthy as an Enneagram type one. Okay, I'll see you in the next episode.